10-3 is brought to you by Callaway. Chrome Soft isn't just another tour ball, it's the golf ball that's changing how tour balls are made. When Callaway made a low compression, low spin tour ball, others said they might be onto something and tried doing the same. But they can't, because Chrome Soft is the only ball engineered with a graphene-infused dual soft-fast core for serious speed and unbelievable control around the greens. See for yourself why everyone was playing and loving Chrome Soft. Order the ball that changed the ball at CallawayGolf.ca. A potent addictive drug is making a resurgence on the prairies and police are on alert. Within the last couple of years, methamphetamine has once again found itself on law enforcement radar, even as police are still dealing with the opioid epidemic. I'm Dave Breckenridge and this is 10-3. We look at what cities are dealing with the issue, what police are concerned about, and what the draw is for users. Just three simple words to remember for this podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review. You know, you're seeing it in car chases, you're seeing it in, you know, some of the firearms offenses. Yeah, people are staying awake for days and they're creating havoc and chaos in our community. And and similar to fentanyl, we have to find a better partnership strategy in dealing with that. It's come back, it's cheap. And it's very addictive, as you know. That was Edmonton Police Chief Dale McPhee speaking about methamphetamines and what his officers are dealing with. Annie Yonker covers crime and justice for the Edmonton Journal, and she joins me in studio. So, Anna, for the uninitiated or for people who never watched Breaking Bad, what is methamphetamine? So methamphetamine, or meth for short, it's a synthetic stimulant, and it's a derivative of amphetamine. Um, It's a cheap drug, it's pretty pure in potency, and it's uh, readily accessible. So when did it most recently appear on police radar in Edmonton? Um, It's always been on their radar. It's kind of made a resurface, a resurgence over the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, it was quite a popular drug in the early 2000s, and that's when it was causing a lot of problems across the province. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just in the last few years, but it's definitely, police are definitely more aware and getting more concerned about about meth on the streets. So even despite the fact that a lot of headlines have been taken up over the last five years in Alberta around opioids and uh, fentanyl and carfentanyl, police here are starting to see meth a little more than they had previously. Yeah, yeah. And that's what's really interesting. Um, Through my reporting, I've talked, quite a few different people that I've talked to were all saying the same thing. And it's that meth has become a lot cheaper than it was years ago. So people are turning towards it more. And part of that, also what comes into play is the fear of fentanyl. Hmm. So people are afraid of dying, right? And using fentanyl. So they'll turn to meth, which they are hearing is a cleaner and also cheaper drug. So where's it coming from? Did police say, are they seeing it being made here more or are people importing it from elsewhere? What's the situation with where people are getting it? Yeah, so it's actually being trafficked. What police are saying, um, what they're seeing through their investigations are it's coming up from Mexico and uh, up up through the Western seaboard into British Columbia. And then from British Columbia, it's trafficked into our province. Yeah. So it's it's not so much a case of uh, they're concerned about clandestine labs where people are cooking uh, crystal meth um, in dangerous situations. They're more worried about a supply that's being trafficked uh, up all the way from Mexico. So 
What is the concern with police? What are they worried about with a resurgence of crystal meth in in Alberta? There's a few factors. Um, with meth, um, the Edmonton Police Chief Dale McPhee, he's talked about meth quite often and his concerns about it. And there's um, there's like the crime side and then the social side. Mm-hmm. So the crime side, obviously, you have an addiction, you need to feed that addiction, right? So they will somebody who's addicted to math will need to feed that addiction so they will um do petty crime basically to get cash to buy buy the drug Mm -hmm. and then there's also the social side right when you're on math you're not exactly in the right state of mind so things you're you're not acting normally yeah right you know it's a stimulant it can increase aggression in people does that cause worry for police when they're interacting with uh, addicts or users or people that that are high, that they there's a greater danger that things may take a, a violent turn in their interaction. Yeah, and the police chief has also mentioned before um, in a story that I did a few months ago. He talked about uh, use of force calls being on the rise because of having to deal with somebody using meth, and then there's also um, high speed chases. Mm-hmm. Those are on the rise as well because of just somebody on meth. So essentially the worry here for police compared to opioids where where the bigger concern is people overdosing. The the concern here for police uh is uh the propensity for someone who's high on methamphetamine to commit crimes. Is that why they look at the two of them differently? Yeah, I I would say so. Um one thing uh, I talked to Inspector Dan Jones. He's head of the downtown division with the Edmonton Police. And he talked about the cycle of criminality. And basically, they're seeing the same people coming through over and over. They're dealing with the same people over and over because they are addicted and they need ba- really, right, they're not getting treatment for their addiction. And so they're trying to feed that addiction, right? And they're committing petty crimes, right, in order to do that. And it's just a constant cycle of somebody going through the the justice system. So as part of your reporting on this piece, you spoke with one uh, active user of methamphetamine. What did he say to you about kind of why this became his drug of choice? And, and what is the draw for him? His story, his name is Kevin. Um, his story is a little bit unique, I would say. He started using meth in high school. He was curious about the drug and he got it from his marijuana dealer. And then he was able to stay clean for just over a decade. And then some personal circumstances, he went through a divorce and then his mother died and that led him to cocaine. And so he was using cocaine for a while, but cocaine is super expensive. He's told me that um, basically $100 worth of cocaine would last about an hour Whereas $100 worth of meth could last the week. Wow. So meth clearly would be, I guess, if you want something that's going to last you, get your money's worth out of it, right? You'll turn to meth. And then mm-hmm. I've also been told by the police it's also very pure in potency. It's about 90 91% pure. So it's cheap and pure. Did he talk about kind of why he's still using or what it is that he feels he gets out of this addiction? I know he's trying to, he's taking the steps to get clean and, and treat his addiction. And mm-hmm. he has told me, um, like, using the, the safe consumption sites has made all the difference than having to do it elsewhere. Yeah. So. 
So you're saying that Kevin uses uh, one of the local safe consumption sites in Edmonton to as a place to go and, and use uh, the drug. What is the approach that advocacy workers or or outreach workers take with people like Kevin? Well, I talked to Marlis Taylor, who's the program manager for Streetworks, and she told me about uh, this harm reduction theory and how it looks at three key areas that influence how somebody reacts to a drug. So the first is the drug itself, right? What is it? What's in it? And then there's the set, which refers to how the person is like physically and mentally. So just like, why are you using the drug? What's your background? What are you expecting from the drug? That sort of thing. And then the third part is the setting or the environment the person is in. So are they using it in a back alley behind a dumpster or are they in a place that's well lit and do they feel safe? Mm -hmm. Right. And so obviously a safe consumption site is a much different and better environment than having somebody use a drug in a back alley where they're probably not feeling safe. And also, right, and and Kevin, the uh, meth user I spoke to, he talked about this too, how you feel just much more at ease because you're not worried about somebody like a police officer busting you for using meth, right, mm -hmm. in, in a back alley. You're, you just feel much more at ease and safer in that environment than you would elsewhere. Yeah. Now, this is something we're starting to see not just in Edmonton, but in other places in Alberta and even across the prairies. What is the current kind of landscape uh, for methamphetamine in Western Canada? So it's definitely on the rise elsewhere in, in Western Canada. Yeah. Over the last year, like um, Winnipeg is seeing a rise in it. Um, where else? Saskatoon, Prince Albert. Um, I saw reporting where uh, in Lethbridge, actually, the safe consumption site there, uh, meth was used the most at the safe consumption site, hmm. followed by heroin and fentanyl. So it's definitely, it's not just Edmonton that's seeing this, and it's also something that's concerning other police chiefs. Like the uh, last year, uh, the Winnipeg police chief said that uh, it's something that's keeping him up at night. Yeah. Alberta previously as you mentioned earlier, dealt with a, a, a pretty bad rash of uh, meth use in uh, the province, especially around Edmonton, so much so that uh, former Premier Ralph Klein appointed a task force co-chaired by uh, his wife, Colleen, to find ways to deal with the issue. Um, they came back with a report, I believe it was about 13 years ago, Um are we at the point now where Edmonton Police Chief Dale McPhee feels that we need a stronger approach to try and deal with it? Like, what what is he saying about what needs to be done here? Yeah, so it's definitely a concern for him. It's one of the major concerns. He's brought it up multiple times. Every, every time there's been a media availability with him, I think he's brought it up. And he's definitely talked about having more collaborative efforts across levels of government, across um, community services. So... The police working hand in hand with like, uh, yeah, the, the community services here in Edmonton that run the safe consumption sites, right? So it's not just, he talks about breaking down silos. So it's not just one organization dealing with, with it on their own mm -hmm. and trying to mitigate it on their own, whereas everybody can come and work together and try and figure out what's the root cause of the problem and then deal with it from yeah. there. Anna, thanks for your time. Thanks for having me. 
Like what you heard today? Get more of the National Post's award-winning journalism complimentary for 30 days at nationalpost.com slash podcast. 10.3 is produced by Carson Jarama. Special thanks to my guest, Anna Yonker. More from her at edmontonjournal.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. <laughs>